0: Good morning, everyone. Uh, Welcome to St John's Virtual Church on Sunday, August the 16th. My name is Matthew Luff, and I'm the vicar at St John's Church Southbourne, and you're most welcome. If you're visiting us for the first time, then it'd be great to sort of make contact, see how you're getting on. We're all going through this together, and we've got stories and things that will help us uh, get through. Uh, So I hope that that's something that you can do. Um, For those of you who are regular, just a reminder that this evening there's a Bible study, at 6.30 as we continue to go through the book of Galatians and that I'm away for the next couple of weeks or at least I'm not at work for the next couple of weeks. Um, So uh, the preaching team uh, you will uh, will be looking after you. You will be in good hands, I assure you, uh, and we will um, carry on when I return uh, in September. So uh, do let us know uh, how things have gone when I get back uh, and I I trust that you'll be okay. Um, We're gonna have a short agape uh, which is a sort of sharing an informal uh, supper a uh, sort of bread and wine uh, supper uh, at the end of this time. so now might be a time to pause, dash off to the kitchen, get what you need a, a little wine and some bread. Uh, and in the ancient church it was usually part of them their regular meal time so it may be that you want to hold on to it uh, until then but um, let's just pause for a moment. And as we begin to get, let's begin together. Uh, we start with a psalm. It's always good to start with something to inspire us and remind us of God's goodness to us all the time. May God be gracious to us and bless us, and make his face shine on us, so that your ways may be known on earth and your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and you guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. Heavenly Father, as we gather together this morning and we're thinking about what shape and what things were important to the church, I'm struck by those words that your ways may be known on earth lord we pray that you come and be with us this morning that you would bless us be gracious to us and make your face shine upon us that we might tell your story by transformed lives and in everything we do and say amen well it's uh, quite a short reading this morning Uh, it's from acts chapter 2 beginning at verse 42. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's a really interesting little passage, isn't it? And I want to come to talk to you about that for a few minutes now uh, and just sort of Uh, process, one or two things that may be coming out of it that are helpful for us. But I'm asking that question. If we've been looking at whether or not the church had power and what the message of the church was, then actually if you put those two things together, what does it look like? And as we're looking for ways forward, both in society and in what I like to call church land, we are asking questions about how do we go forward. In our society for example we're asking how can we ensure this week we're asking how can we ensure our young people's opportunities are are secure that they can go forward in the ways that would be helpful and, and beneficial and help them grow and we're asking that not just this year but maybe for the next few years and in the church we're starting to ask how can we go forward what might the church in the future look like and if you haven't already Uh, Then read Stephen Trott's article in Church Times, which asks some interesting questions about how the church might look given the various demands it's facing. So it's a good question this week, isn't it, to be asking what might the church look like? What does the Christian life look like? And it's interesting to find that it isn't a solitary thing. It's something that is uh, done together. So what might a group of people transformed by God's powerful invitation look like? And it's a new mode of church. It's something that we're thinking about, isn't it? How do we do church? We never thought about doing virtual church before and now it's becoming the norm. Some parishes are saying that's the that's actually the the key thing that most people are engaging with. Not everybody can get into church, as is the case for us. So how are we doing church? And and actually we've been forced into this. I'm not, I'm not sure we would have asked these questions perhaps if we hadn't had a pandemic uh, taking the model that we were that we were used to and kicking it into the long grass. The model of a gathered worshipping singing community is, is just not on the cards and it feels quite a long way off from here. So it's a good time to ask a question about what should we be doing? What 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 actually is some of the essentials about church? And is that that's not a bad thing actually it's not a bad thing to ask that question. You know the church, we we know the church we are in involved from something. There's like a common ancestor that it all came from uh, across the world. The, the disciples, the apostles, were the first people to sort of form this group of people called church. That's a group of people called together by Jesus Christ to to live out the lives that He's called them to and share those lives with others. So what did it look like? And actually in our story today we have how did it we have that early church? Now we can ask ourselves a couple of questions about how is it able to thrive in a world at least dangerous, as dangerous as the one we're in. Today's experiences, let's think about today, our experiences are taking us out of our comfort zone. And we all have our favorite things about church. I mean, we, we can all hear ourselves saying, oh, let's dig into that passage again. Let's sing that song one more time. Let's just pray that through to the end. I mean, those are normal things. That's Those are things we like to do. And I'm sure the early disciples probably felt the same they'd been told to go and wait for Jesus uh, uh, because he had told them that the Holy Spirit would come in power and he would send them out so they were they were praying and singing and, and doing those things uh, while they were waiting for Jesus to uh, to move them on to the next step and then he literally shoves them from this lovely little what prayer what must have been one of the world's most amazing prayer meetings into you know into the into the into the city uh, and they moved from being this little prayer meeting to uh, the, the first like evangelical evangelistic conference you know the first sort of street ministry if you like of, of, the, of the early church so what was the kind of life that they were inviting people into well if you have a look at the passage uh, in acts chapter two there's an in- interesting couple of things that really hang it together i think and i was struck first of all by the by the two occurrences of the breaking of bread because they actually mean different things each time. I think it's quite important. The first time they break bread in verse 42 the, it, it is quite important and the only other time that phrase appears is in Luke twenty-four thirty-five. Now in that story the disciples on the road to Emmaus encounter Jesus in the breaking of the bread. So the, ver- the first thing that Luke, who wrote Luke of course as well and Acts, uh, is telling us is that, that, that they were breaking bread and they were having a, a spiritual encounters with God. There was a spiritual, it was a place, the early church was a place of spiritual encounter. It was a time to remember and reflect upon Jesus's love, his death and the resurrection that is for us and to pray both for one another and that God would continue to to be part of them and meet their needs. So there was very much a sense of of what you know theologians like to call the transcendence you know they were they were encountering they were seeking encounters and having encounters uh, with god but that's actually important because we're not just an ideology we're not just a we're not a political movement we're not some kind of institution we are you know the people of god at work in the world and so that's an important feature that they're actually seeking encounter with god And it was a sign of their commitment to to God himself. Uh, Look at that word, devoted, really really important and as a result you know they were also in awe of him. Those encounters were becoming uh, quite amazing times of change, that there were signs and wonders in the early church where God was saying look what I can do, look what I can do, bring these people, see what I can do for them. So these apostles were, were drawing people together and teaching them to encourage uh, one another and to grow as a people who are shaped and defined by the Easter story, which is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that brings the forgiveness of sins and to be filled with the Spirit. It's an invitation uh, to be healed, to be saved and to be loved. It was part of who they are. It's interesting sort of just to look at those three little things, isn't it? To be healed, to be saved, to be loved. And actually sometimes I'm not sure that those three things are, are, are things the world around us expects to happen. Telling some people that they can be loved, for example, uh, can be very difficult. And so that was quite a challenging thing, but here was a group of people who were learning to grow in that in that vein in that DNA in that image if you like of God it makes me wonder how much are we shaped uh, by just that little element of the story how much are we shaped by the Easter story how much are we shaped by encountering God and then moving out in his spirit how much does the love that God has for us shape us how much does the idea that we can be loved and a worth loving shape us. What does that mean to us? Does it change us at all? During Lent, we looked a little at Henry Nguyen's book, The Life of the Beloved, and he describes how we are each called by God, we're each blessed by God, we're sometimes broken by God, and then we're given to one another and to those around us by God, so that they can find him. The story of Jesus is one that shapes us, too, in the same way. And we notice that they were in awe because of this, and that his presence was with them because they were with him. He was with them. So it's a wonderful sort of blending of things going on, that you're not alone, that God is with you, filled with the Spirit. We walk day by day. But interestingly also, they'd only be able to be tired of God. They're looking forward. They're able to look forward to the next thing that he's going to do. They're they're praising him. They're they're encouraging him. They want more. (laughs) And so they're looking forward. And that's important. That they're looking forward to what he would do. And when you look forward to what God may do, your prayers take on a different shape as well, don't they? They they, they sort of ask him, ask, can I be part of it? And will you be part of what's going on here? So there's a lovely sort of element also that their, their spiritual growth wasn't, was, was a blend of encounters with God, the apostles' teaching and prayer where they were able to communicate and talk to him. And we've, we spoke about that a couple of weeks ago. The other t- use of the word breaking bread is, is literally eating together, sharing with one, with one another. It, it wasn't just uh, 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 about prayer meetings, it was about practical day-to-day uh, living and, and fellowship together and eating together and then uh, finding out that actually people need stuff and being willing to give away what they had as a sign of their love for one another, to, to sell what they had so that others went, uh, could, could have what they needed, that nobody went without, which I think is repeated later on in Acts. And that's quite amazing as well isn't it that there was a sense of unity and togetherness and and being being bonded together uh, by the love of god i don't know if you've ever uh, been given anything or you've received something from somebody who said god told me to give this to you it's quite humbling initially but then actually there's a deep sense of joy that my needs didn't escape anyone's attention in fact god knew about it and he was so concerned about it he told somebody else to do something about it and because they love god and they love me they did something about it and that's absolutely that's absolutely that should be that should be a life those are sort of life-changing moments aren't they when we were training in oxford somebody wrote us a, uh sent us a check um as we approached october in oxford which i don't like it's cold miserable wet in oxford and they and they sent us a check and and they just all they put in there on the note was God told us that you needed coats and shoes for the kids for this winter. Boom! That was it. Oh, what a mu- what a wonderful and moving thing to happen. This isn't a begging letter, by the way. It's just when people do it because God tells them to. It's wonderful, and that's a ch- that, those are life-changing moments too, isn't it? Aren't, aren't they? Where in community we encounter God as well as one another, and God encourages us to do the thing that He would do, to to help them and the love kind of pours out in, in, in more tangi- perhaps more tangible ways. But that's wonderful too, because when the, when the people around this early church saw what was going on, this generosity, see how these Christians love one another. When this generosity became known, when this when this way of life became known, people became interested. Initially they were like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Signs and wonders, what's happening? And then they saw that actually they were good people. They were good people and God was with them uh, in the way that he had promised he would be and so they became the kinds of place, the church became the kind of place, where God could send and bring more people because they were doing the things that God called them to do. God added to their number daily because they were doing the things that he would do. Draw them into that relationship encouraging that spiritual growth and remembering them to love one another. And those are spiritual encounters too, aren't they? And when somebody does that, when somebody asks you know when, when somebody does something for you like that, when somebody offers to help, it provokes the question, doesn't it, do I really matter that much to God? And of course the answer is yes. In Jesus' name you do. And that's how growth comes, doesn't it, I think? By spiritual growth spiritual encounter a loving God and loving one another the key things that God himself in Jesus Christ told us to do there are loads and loads of lists and books about how to do church uh, and how to grow your congregation and I've read quite enough books called seven habits and ten things and and what have you to fill a dusty bookshelf but when we read a passage like this we realize how simple and authentic it, need, it can be That we seek time with God and we seek time with one another and out of that pours and spills the love of God. So I hope you like this simple picture of the church breaking bread in thanksgiving with God, breaking bread in sharing with one another, times for spiritual growth, times for spiritual encounters in the small things as well as the big things. How we are doing church is changing but the message is the same and it remains inspiring. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And love your neighbour as yourself. Amen. Now let's uh, turn our attention to a prayer. Uh, there's a lot going on in the world at the moment and it would be great to hand these things over. Father, we pray for our young people as they have received results. We pray for all those we know who are seeking the next stage of their, their dreams and ambitions. We give you thanks for those who've achieved what they hoped for and are able to carry on. We pray for those who are uh, struggling or seek, still seeking uh, to find a, a college place that will accept them and enable them to press on. And we pray for those who have not got some of those opportunities. Now we pray that you would give them wisdom and guidance. And we pray in all cases that you would surround them with families and friends who love them and care for them and can help them press on lord we pray for the year ahead that it will be a time of change and we ask that you remind us all we are not just grades that we are loved by you lord in your mercy hear our prayer and Father we pray for our government and those other the governments of other nations as they seek to work out how to handle international trade and travel. We pray for those who are rushing to return to uh, England at the moment. We pray for all of those people Uh, at Calais and and Folkestone, uh, who are going to be handling masses of people who will be worried and stressed, and we pray that you would give them abundant patience. We pray for safety, for the extra ferries and journeys that people are making. Father, we pray that you would bring us calm and peace at this time. And Lord, we pray that you would give our leaders wisdom in their guidance of how to protect us and keep us safe. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And Father, we pray for our community. We pray uh, for, we give you thanks that hospitals and uh, nursing homes uh, have been able to look after people and we pray that you would help them. We pray for all those whom uh, we may know who are waiting for bad news, who have lost somebody and for whom uh, this is a sad time. We pray for the developments that are coming in our village and pray that people would move forward sensibly and and carefully. And as Southbourne and the area gets more and more populous, we pray that we would be accommodating, give space, be kind and welcoming in the name of Jesus. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Uh, Father we pray for those who we know have lost someone lately. We pray for the family of Kay Douglas especially. We lift her uh, her family before you. And we give you thanks for her life and witness uh, with Les in this parish. Lord in your mercy hear our prayer and we pray that we ourselves would not be shaped by the uncertainty and the news around us but that the gospel the news that you came showed us how to live that you died for us to forgive us you rose again to give us life and that you lead us and are with us we pray that these things will shape us and that we would be your people in this place merciful father accept these prayers for the sake of your son our saviour jesus christ amen and we close with my little favorite prayer father help us to live this day to the full being true to you in every way jesus help us to give ourselves away to others being kind to everyone we meet holy spirit help us to love the lost proclaiming Christ in all we do and say. Amen. Now before we come to a time of um, sharing bread and wine together in the simple form of an agape meal, let's come as a time of confession. The uh, call is Lord be merciful and the response is forgive us our sin. Lord God our maker and redeemer this is your world and we are your people. Come among us and save us. We have willfully misused your gifts of creation. Lord be merciful, forgive us our sin. We have seen the ill treatment of others and have not gone to their aid. Lord be merciful, forgive us our sin. We have condoned evil and dishonesty and failed to strive for justice. Lord be merciful, forgive us our sin. We have heard the good news of Christ but have failed to share it with others. Lord be merciful, forgive us our sin. We have not loved you with all our heart, nor our neighbours as ourselves. Lord be merciful, forgive us our sin. God the Father of mercies has reconciled the world to himself through the death and resurrection of his son Jesus Christ. Not counting our trespasses against us, but sending his Holy Spirit to shed abroad his love amongst us. By the ministry of reconciliation entrusted by Christ to his church, receive his pardon and peace. To stand before him in his strength alone, this day and forevermore. Amen. As the disciples approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us when he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? A wonderful moments, one of those first encounters with the risen Christ. The early church, the apostles teaching is written in a book called the Didache. I think I've pronounced it right, I guess anyway. Uh, but it's important because they there they wrote the first sort of instructions for how to share a meal together or how to share a, a communion. And they wrote these things. We thank you, our father, for the holy vine of David, your child, which we have revealed through Jesus, your child be glory forever. Then with the bread, we thank you, our Father, for the life and knowledge which you have revealed through Jesus, your child, to you be glory forever. And as this peace was scattered over the hills and then was brought together and made one, so let your church be brought together from the ends of the earth into your kingdom. For yours is the glory and the power through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. I love that line there. It's that your church was scattered over the hills and then brought together and made one. We're called together. Even though we're apart, we're called together. The body of Christ is given for you. Jesus' blood was shed for you. And so by way of blessing uh, these lovely words may the road rise up to meet you may the wind be always at your back may the Sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields and until we meet again may God hold you in the palm of his hand grace and peace